All right, on this episode of the LPDS, we get into some of the negatives and malarkey going on in social media, kind of figure out why it's happening, and some ways to navigate around it, lead through it, avoid it, get yourself out of the the negativity and into the more positive, funny, good-hearted, light-hearted stuff on social media so you're not ruining your teeth and your mind. Uh, We also got some LPDS current event updates, I guess, and um, a pretty interesting cage fact. So stay tuned. It's all coming up right now. All right, Jabronis, we're back. Welcome back to the Libretti Podcast Diary Show. I'm your host, Libretti. It's a show that talks about nothing but finds the lessons in everything. Hope you guys had a good week. I'm trying to remember what my week was like. Pretty uneventful. Got some work done. Continuing to navigate slowly but surely, taking positive steps forward in the process of Libretti's life. With all the things I'm trying to get done with with the business and my career and the National Guard and the personal life and all that stuff. And that's what we're doing here, folks. We're, we're navigating and leading through slowly but surely, one step at a time, and not getting overwhelmed by it all. Because there's a lot, a lot to get done. And I'm sure there's a lot in your lives, too. So let this be a lesson right off the bat. We're not even a minute in. We're giving out lessons for free here. I mean... You can't find a better place than the LPDS and the LPDS universe for lessons and good times. So let this be a lesson to you. It could be overwhelming. Your life could be overwhelming with a lot of stuff. And some of you, most of you probably have more stuff going on in your lives than I do. I don't even have kids or a spouse yet. So I just got to worry about numero uno and numero dos over there behind the camera, Randy. And it's still kind of overwhelming at times. So I get it. It's okay, though. It's all going to be okay. We're going to power through it. We're going to trudge through it. We're going to find a way to get the stuff done. Don't you worry. And I'm here for you, just like you guys are here for me. So with that, uh, what are we? what date are we in? We're in November now. So a little current events sort of stuff. A couple of weeks ago was Halloween. Last week, if you're listening to this currently, but if you're not, if you're on a different timeline, Halloween was uh, has come and gone. And I discussed in a previous episode, our Halloween discussion, um, I didn't have an idea at the time for a costume, but I was, I was re-motivated by the Bone Crusher specifically. The brother, the brother Bone Crusher reminded me that, especially for things like Halloween, where it's silly, fun stuff, and not to be taken too seriously and get too worked up about, you gotta get a costume, be silly, have a good time with it, find a way to make it happen. So 
I needed that kick in the behind, and that's what we did. And I came up with a last-minute costume. I had a wig that I can. I could have cut the wig to make it look more realistic to the character I was going for, uh, but I didn't because I want to use that wig in the future for other stuff. I know that sounds ridiculous. Like, what can I possibly want to do with a wig in the future that's not uh, Chloe cross-dressing? Um, I don't know. Probably more costumes in the future. But anyway, I had this wig. I put on the tracksuit, and I became Sergio which is the guy Nick Cage dressed up as in his disguise at the end of the movie, Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. It all comes together. And if you didn't think I was going to dress as a Nick Cage character, you're out of your mind. Okay? If, you, if you're a newcomer here, listen to previous episodes and you'll realize my obsession, my very healthy, objective obsession with Nick Cage um, so that's what I went at. If if I have any good pictures I can put up of the costume, I'll put it up here. Otherwise, go check out. Uh, I believe it was on my Instagrams. Maybe the Facebook put it up there too. So go check out the uh, the split image of me and Cage. Uh, I thought it was pretty close. Anyway, uh, I had no trick-or-treaters. And this is a constant discussion topic around Halloween time at the LPDS. For whatever reason, people know where I live and avoid my house at all costs. I dealt with this in Maryland, South Dakota, San Angelo, Texas when I was living there. Where else? Pensacola. Pensacola was a little different. I was living on base, so... um, not a lot of people on base doing trick-or-treats. But for whatever reason, people don't like coming to my house for Halloween. And I bring the heat with the candy. Because I I see it as whatever's left over is mine. And I don't want some garbage candy just wasting away in my house. I'm just going to throw it in the garbage. It's a waste of money. I'm not... My father, JPL3, he likes Tootsie Rolls, so he buys Tootsie Rolls most of the time for Halloween. I think this year he went with like Reese's and Snickers or something, but that's what he does. He buys his candy, which makes sense, but not when your candy is Tootsie Rolls. I think it's a, I think it's a, a scheme by JPL3 to get away with buying his favorite treats without my mother, you know, getting on his case without anybody else getting on his case for that matter because we always try to, you know, we always give him crap for hitting the sweets a little too hard. So he buys Tootsie Rolls and he says, oh yeah, the kids will love it and whatever's left over, I like them so I'll eat them. They won't go to waste. And he knows, he knows nobody likes Tootsie Rolls. I liked them as a kid. I don't mind them now. I don't, I don't go out and buy them myself. I never went out and personally bought a Tootsie Roll. I just got them on Halloween or from my old man. But they're not bad. I don't even know how to describe them. Like chocolate wannabe? Not simulated chocolate. What is that word I'm thinking of? Not simulated. It's like a uh, substitute, like a chocolate substitute. I don't know. I don't know exactly what it is. It doesn't taste bad. I used to toss a couple of Tootsie Rolls, the smaller ones, in and chew them up and ball them up and make it 
look like I was chewing tobacco, like Red Man, like a cool guy. Um, and there was nothing less cool than a kid pretending to chew tobacco with Tootsie Rolls. But don't tell little, little mini JPL for that because I thought I was, I thought I was Fonzie. Between that and I used to, this is, this is not, I don't know, it's embarrassing, but this is a ridiculous, this is a joke. When I was a kid and I was part of the Killer Peepees biker gang, I saw an empty pack of cigs on the ground. It was Marb Reds. It was just an empty box. And I took the box and I, I made my own label. I think I put like JPL SIGs or something on there. Whatever it was, I made my own label on the box and I took a bunch of straws and I cut up the straws to fit in the box cigarette size. And I would put those in either my fanny pack or roll them off of my sleeve or whatever I had to do. And I would hit, hit the trails with the bike with that pack and I would toss in a straw and I would chain, chain smoke straws and I would just chew on them. I wasn't pretending to smoke. I wasn't holding them like Cruella DeVille and taking fake puffs. I was just like a toothpick, except they were straws. I had them in my mouth and I was just chewing on them. And then when they got all chewed up, I tossed it and I threw in another straw. <laughs> and that was, uh, that's what I thought was cool back in the day. Smoking fake cigs, chewing fake tobacco, popping my collar like I was Fonzarelli, and um, I it couldn't have been further from the truth. I wish my parents had pictures of that, but I was too scared to do it in front of them because I knew uh, discipline would be in order, as it should have been. So I would do that stuff with the killer peepees instead. Once I got around the corner and out of line of sight, and we would go hit, you know, hit the 7-Eleven for a Slurpee and then hit the park for some bike jumps. That's when I was heavy on the straws and the and the fake tobacco. So um anyway, no trick-or-treaters again. They were on my street. In fact, we had a we had a a guy in the neighborhood who I, he, I think he won the contest this year in the HOA for the best decoration. So on my street, the guy had this whole little haunted house set up going on in his driveway and his yard and stuff. And it was really, really awesome to see. Very uh, intricate and a lot of work was done. And he, and he did a lot of it himself. He didn't buy as much stuff. He took a lot of stuff that he had and made it into the haunted house stuff. Now he bought a lot of stuff too, but he didn't buy all of it. He created a lot of it too. And he won the kids choice for best, uh, best decorated house. And he won the village West HOA choice as well. So I don't know if he got a prize or a high five or what, but there's a sign on his yard that says he won both. And all I saw a lot of kids out there that way. Um, I also saw a couple of kids, walk right by my house. And I don't know why I had the lights on. I had the candy ready to rock and roll. I don't know what it is. A car was in the driveway, whatever. Um, so I sat there for a bit and then I ended up going to a buddy's house to show off my costume. 
which was a was a big hit. So I, it wasn't a complete loss. Plus, I have a lot of Reese's left. And if you know me, I'm not mad about that. So anyway, uh, that was my Halloween. I hope everybody had a good trick-or-treat with you and your families, if you had families or kids or just yourselves, and you were able to kind of, you know, be silly, let it go a little bit. I did see a guy. I'm not going to mention any names. This guy's a clown, in my opinion. He's he's a business owner in Maryland. I think he ran for governor one time, too. And he's super religious, but it's... I don't I don't personally think it's genuine. I think he is using the religion as a crutch. He's using Christ as a crutch to grift people out of money and donations and free vacations and stuff. I think there's a whole little sleazy business going on with this fella. But he did on he did a whole post. I think he has a podcast too about why he doesn't celebrate Halloween and why it's the devil's holiday. And Satan is trying to infiltrate our minds and bodies and souls on Halloween. And it's devilish and hellacious and terrible. And this is why he's better than us for avoiding it. And we need to be better, too. And he went into this whole thing about how back in the day, he used to hold Halloween parties in college and after college or whatever. If he went to college, I don't even know. Uh, just to go so he can go get chicks to dress slutty. And then he could try and sleep with them and stuff. And he was saying this was the devil at work and then he finally realized it and he and he started following Jesus and now he doesn't follow celebrate Halloween anymore and his kids don't celebrate anymore and yada 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 and all it was was just this holier than thou pitch to people why he's better than everybody else because he doesn't celebrate Halloween and how when he was celebrating and being a man whore and trying purposely trying to get women to sleep with him. It wasn't his fault. It was the devil was infiltrating him. He had no control over it. It was the devil. And frankly, I don't I don't buy that for a second. I don't think Halloween is the devil's holiday. I think if we as adults who have control and responsibility and accountability for ourselves and our actions take it for what it is and have a good time, a silly time, don't do anything s- mischievous or or predatory and just enjoy the day for what it is. And if you have kids, have them enjoy the day too. be silly, get candy, go out and have a good time and understand that there's you're, you don't have to be evil that day. It's not, that's not what it is. Just take accountability for yourself and then be also be a good kind person. And you're going to have a good time. It's going to be an enjoyable holiday for everybody. And you don't have to sit there and and blame the devil for you not taking accountability for your own life or or at least taking responsibility for the mistakes you made cuz we've all made mistakes back in the day did i like halloween in college because women dress scantily yeah i'm not a i'm not an idiot i'm a guy i'm a dirty ape straight primal stupid guy and I and anybody in my shoes would also enjoy that stuff but I certainly didn't hold Halloween parties to try to be a predator to women and lure them in I can't I mean I couldn't get women 
if I paid them, let alone prey on them. So, um, long story short, Halloween is a good time. I don't like listening to grifters and snake oil salesmen try to use the good Lord's name to trick people into paying him donations and funding his lavish lifestyle and pretending that Halloween is bad and making us feel bad about celebrating a holiday innocently and in good fun. So hopefully you guys enjoyed Halloween as much as I did. And hopefully the devil didn't infiltrate you, you know, and that you didn't make any bad decisions that were not of your control clearly, because anytime you make a bad decision, it's the devil and not you. So I'm glad everybody here in the LPS universe and the junction take, took responsibility for their own actions and their own lives and, and, and everything and enjoyed themselves. Cause I know you did. Anyway, moving on. Uh, there's a, a lot more going on in the regular current events these days in the news, but it's all doom and gloom and narrative pushing and propaganda ensuing and, and division creating. And we're not going to get into it because there's nothing funny about it. There's no even good jokes about it right now. So when the jokes come, we'll talk about the current events on the LPDS until then. I'm not talking about it. Um, Although in other real news, the Texas Rangers did win the World Series. Uh, I liked, I watched it. It was a good series. I liked that the Rangers won as a first ever. Uh, it was a fun, you know, fun baseball to watch. It was the lowest viewed, lowest rated World Series in MLB history since they started televising the World Series, um, without a doubt, by like over a million. Um, and you can you can theorize about why that is. The two teams were not very well; they're not popular outside of their their immediate fan bases in those states. It's not like the big market teams like the Dodgers and the Yankees and even the Astros now, where you have fans or even the Phillies to the you know the bigger teams that have fans outside of their regions. That's not what this series was, uh, and that's part of the reason why people weren't watching. But I also blame the commissioner and the owners in the league because they're the ones creating this new type of baseball that's built around profit and making money and not around the game itself and the players. So it creates a baseball that's not as fun to watch. I would argue that the World Series was fun to watch because Playoff time, especially the World Series, it's when the coaches and the players revert back to some of the purest forms of baseball. You can't, the analytics don't play anymore in playoff time. Analytics work in large swaths of games, large, uh, you know, what the hell am I thinking of? Like data points large groupings of information and data that you can see the trends and the numbers and the analytics, and they actually make sense. You can follow the patterns that way. Playoff baseball is not that. You have a certain amount of games to beat these guys, to beat the other team, and a certain amount of days rest in between or whatever. And you can't just pitch your number one pitcher every day because you're playing, you know, 
five games in a row or whatever, and you only have six, seven games to do it. So you got to be strategic. There's got to be gamesmanship involved. You got to revert back to pure baseball, stealing bases, maybe bunting guys over, sacrifices, not just worrying about the long ball. Identifying pitching matchups that are going to line up, not just with one batter at a time, but to make sure that the other pit, you know, the pitchers are rested enough in case you have to go to the next game or extra innings or whatever it may be. There's pure baseball involved in playoffs in this World Series that people are no longer even think about anymore because they see how baseball is played throughout the regular season and how owners and the commissioner only care about the money and the analytics. And they think, oh, that's well, why would I watch this World Series with teams I don't care about? The baseball is going to stink and it's teams I don't care about or watch. So why would I watch it? I always, I'll always got to push back on that. Playoff baseball is the most real, pure baseball that is, still exists. So if you're going to watch anything, just watch the playoffs, even if the teams are, are not the teams you like. If you like baseball, that's the stuff. Um, but they won. <laughs> so that was a good time. Lowest ever by a long shot. So hopefully, I'm hoping that the commissioner and the owners get their heads out of their asses and realize that if they do actually want to see long-term financial success, they got to they gotta get the fans watching more. And that's they're not doing that. And instead of adjusting and adding more playoff teams and more games and screwing around with it, the playoff situation now, the way the format is now, it does not help the best teams in the league at all. It is not formatted right now to, to show the best teams in the World Series. It just adds more teams to the playoff mix so that teams don't have to be as good, which means they don't have to spend as much money on good players because they don't have to be as good. And then the shitty teams play the first week and the good teams sit on their ass and get cold that first week waiting and then it ends up being these underdogs, quote-unquote underdogs, come in and sneak by with these wins over these cold teams that are supposed to be better and good. And then you get a shitty World Series you know, uh, matchup between two teams that nobody cares about. So, And I, I, get, I know there's that argument of like, well, that's, that's baseball. If, they're the, if they really are the best team in the league, they'll deal with the one week off and sit on the bench of being cold. Play play the sport at a competitive level and try that out and then tell me how easy it is. I can't tell you how many times in my baseball career since childhood we played teams that we absolutely should have smoked and we were coming in cold and they were coming in hot and we did not fare well. It's just that's just the way it is. Anyway, I'm done bitching about the baseball stuff in the world series congrats to the rangers so anyway um we can just get right into the into the junction actually because i have no more good you know current events to share so we'll get into the good stuff first step into the cage okay let's run all right today's into the cage segment is proudly sponsored by 
the Sinaloa medicated sinus powder. It's cold and flu season, folks, and we all know what that means. Stuffed up sinuses, brain fog, and an overall bad time. And up until now, no nasal spray or decongestant provided any actual relief. Well, Sinaloa sinus has you covered. Sinaloa's medicated powder provides instant sinus relief, clearing up those stuffed up nostrils, clearing your mind, and also providing the energy boost you need during the winter season to get through the days. Simply lay out the prescription powder on the prescription mirror, line it up, and using the pre-rolled inhalation bill, simply snort the powder up the infected nostril for immediate sinus relief and euphoria. So to get your first eight ball of medication today, see your local street corner pharmacist with cash in hand. And if you use the promo code, let's hit the slopes, you'll get 29% off your first non-prescription. Folks, that's just cocaine. I don't know if you're tracking that, but I'd be very weary getting anything from the Sinaloa medicated powder, folks. But they are a sponsor, so use the promo code and you'll get you'll get some money off. Anyway, there was some video lag. Hopefully that gets worked out in post. If you see lag in the video, um that's because I'm not good at editing still. And I and I don't feel like paying for the top dollar services to get that stuff figured out. So you'll have to deal with it just like I do. Anyway, the cage fact. Uh, Nick Cage is doing his round of interviews because he's got another movie coming out. And just a quick caveat here. I know people get tired, probably get tired of hearing, oh, he's doing another round of interviews, got another movie. When is this guy going to give it a break? Uh, first, I love it. I'll never get tired of hearing the words, Nick Cage gives an interview in preparation for his upcoming movie. I'm never going to be mad about that. Second, the guy's on the he- he's on the heater of a lifetime. Let him go. Let him do his his thing, do his stuff. Let him take out all the movies, let him do all the interviews. Let them continue. What do they say? Let them cook. Is that the, is that a thing that kids say these days? I sound like an old bastard. Let the guy go. He is running hot right now. Like nothing I've ever seen before. So shut up, sit back, and enjoy the ride. Because you're never going to see this again, folks. Unless he gets, unless there's some sort of advancement in stem cell research or some secret drug that's going to make people live for hundreds of years healthy you know healthy and vibrant this this you're never going to see a nick cage here like this again the fact that most of us listening and tuning into this show have seen this is his second career you know hot streak besides his not late 90s early 2000s run the fact that we get we get a second one is unheard of. You could probably count on maybe one or two hands tops the amount of quality actors 
that you want to see in films have two career heaters like this where it's like almost a decade long of nothing but quality movies like Leonardo DiCaprio you can't say Bob De Niro he's put out a couple of stinkers even Harrison Ford a couple uh, that Crystal Skull Indiana Jones stunk it up and I love Harrison Ford so Enjoy the ride. Anyway, with that, he was doing an interview for his movie Dream Scenario, and they were asking him about the character and also his life and resume and how he's an internet sensation, all this other stuff. And he and he was talking about how he was quite possibly the first memefied actor, the first actor that became even more popular because of memes made about him and joke posts than his movies initially in the internet age. Uh, and I'm and I'm struggling to find another one that, that could have been before him, but he was the first, especially over the last 10 years. He's He's gotten more popular because of those, and they're like, who is this Nick Cage guy? And then Hollywood started to get their act together and starting to put in more movies again. Um, he said at first he was actually frustrated by it all because it's a new thing, and at first, and and he and he became an actor to express art through acting. Like he wanted to perform and provide some sort of positive impact to people in the form of entertainment uh, by being an actor. And and so at first, when you're getting memes of just out of context pictures of him being or videos of him being crazy. And you don't know anything about the character or the movie or the scene or why he's acting like that. You just think this guy's his nut job. Uh, so at first he was frustrated. He didn't know really how to navigate through that. But eventually he said he kind of he said he became friends with the idea of it, with the whole thing. And he hopes that it it brings people to those movies. So like clips of him screaming, not the bees, not the bees, brings people to go watch Wicker Man or bad lieutenant or vampires kiss or leaving Las Vegas or whatever his movies are so that they can now appreciate his work. And the reason why he's doing his, this job is so that people can, you know, be entertained and, and appreciate it. So um, he also said that because his character in the movie dream scenario goes through a similar sort of situation where he becomes an overnight internet sensation he channeled his real life feelings about being the first memefied actor into the character who has to navigate through being a regular to an internet celebrity and had to kind of figure that all out. So once again, the guy just, he finds a way to make lemonade out of the shittiest, most rotten lemons. How many people you know would be in a situation like that and get mad and angry and let their emotions get the best of them and then they, they devolve into nothingness? He not only had an internal conversation with the idea of the memification and embraced it, he now found a way to incorporate it into his, into his job and career 
and essentially monetize it because you know he's going to kill he's going to crush this role i'm excited to see the movie so that's the cage fact all right moving on over to the junction spin the logo uh, I wanted to talk about, I've been seeing a lot of this lately, more so than usual, and I don't know why. I'm trying to figure out the algorithm on my social media. I'm, I'm pumping more positive and funny stuff uh, that I'm clicking like and viewing and stuff like that to adjust my algorithm. But uh, for whatever reason, maybe it's a, election time is coming. I don't know what it is, but there's just so much negativity and chaos and sensationalism going on in social media. And I wanted to sort of bitch about it and kind of try to figure out how we can all navigate and lead through this time. And I use the word lead on purpose because that's what we're doing. It's a, it's a leadership principle, the stuff we talk about. And uh, it's, you know, shameless plug for spearhead leadership, but there's been a lot of that stuff going on and I, and it's, it's with people I don't follow on social media and also people I follow too that kind of sneak it in there. And maybe that's why it's coming up on my algorithm because I am following a lot of these, these pages for the other reasons. And then they kind of sneak the stuff in there lately. Uh, but you got influencers that are posting videos of them like doing dirty, nasty pranks to people or really shitty pranks to people. Uh, and then when the person gets mad and reacts emotionally, they get all hot. They're like, hey, it was just a prank, dude. We're filming a prank show or whatever. And it's and it's not pranks at all. It's just people being assholes to strangers. And then trying to hide behind, oh, it's just pranks for my my YouTube page or my Instagram page or whatever. And it's not fun at all. The problem is it's there it's getting a lot of views. So they keep doing it. There was one shitfluencer who posted his own he he posted this video, mind you. It was a video of him talking to this other influencer, this chick, and she was actually calling him out for something. And then this dude's bodyguard just cold cocks this guy out of nowhere. The guy was arguing with, with him and the security guard who was not threatened by any means. The guy didn't lay hands on the security guard at all. The security guard just blasts him in the face and knocks him on the pavement. And and the dude whose bodyguard it was, he's the one who posted the video as if it was as if it was like a brag so that we can get views. And it went viral, of course, and everybody's talking about it. And I don't remember the dude's name. I'm not even gonna mention it. I'm sure most some people have seen it if they're if they're up to speed on the on the viral stuff going on on the internets. But that's first, you know, the guy, you just, you just filmed the crime. This sounds like an old man kind of thing, but I don't care. Um, you filmed the crime and the dude fell. Luckily he didn't hit his head on the pavement because that's like, that's a, that's a lot of the ways people get really hurt or die in these fights. It's not the initial punch. It's when they get knocked down, they fall, and they slam their head on cement. And their brains turn to mush, and they start leaking out of their ears. And this guy just decided, I'm just going to post it for the views and the clout. And that's that. And, and, and he got a lot of clout for it. And that's what it, being an influencer is for some of these people. 
They don't care how they get popular in views. That's all they care about is getting the views. And they continually, continuously have to one up each other on the most outrageous thing because that's what's going to get more views. Like, oh, you showed a video of, of you handing a guy a bag of, of shit. Well, I'm going to post a video of my bodyguard almost killing a guy with his bare hands. And we'll see who's more popular. Um, I don't get it. It's it's ridiculous, but it's happening. And then you, of course, you have the standard political. I don't know what they're called. Political influencers, political influencers that they're not necessarily in politics at all, but they're making money posting about it and having an opinion on it. And it's on both sides. It's every it's every angle on the political spectrum of people posting ridiculous stuff to create chaos and division and drama. And they take every little thing and try to make it this big, whole dramatic thing. I talked about it with the Halloween stuff. That guy was posting about it. His was more on the religious side. But I saw the same thing from some super political folks that are also super religious. And they're saying, oh, and they, they, they associate these Halloween sluts with the far left who don't have religion in their lives and they need more religion and God. And this is why all this other malarkey. And then on the far left, you have these posts about how bad white people are and how straight white men are despicable. And every time a straight white man even looks at, at that person, we got to post about it and say, look, the white guy's trying to bring us down and they, and they sensationalize and create the extra drama to get everybody angry and up in arms against each other. Meanwhile, they're all sitting back there after they hit post, cashing in their paychecks from all the sponsorships and and ads and merch that people buy off of them. And they're probably all in the back high-fiving each other. Like, look at us making millions off of these suckers thinking that, you know, we actually have... uh, any sort of moral or ethic compass whatsoever. And it's very depressing. And it's even more depressing when you see people you know and or in your friend circle, even just acquaintances that you like and admire or know and respect falling for that stuff and posting, reposting it or agreeing with it without actually doing any sort of research or critical an- analysis of the situation at hand at all. Um, that's what's the most disheartening, and is that is working. So you got that. And then lately, I've been seeing a lot of these super rich people, uh, a lot of people I follow, they've been getting into, I don't know if you want to call it the motivational speaking game or just any sort of game to get their name out there to more to a wider audience uh, for the business side. And I understand the tactic. I understand that that I guess it's just a tactic. It's not a scheme. It's a tactic. Could be schemish, but they'll put up videos of them saying ridiculous things like, you know, I I wake up at three in the morning and I do a one hour workout and then I do this holistic meditation state, you know, session to get into a flow state. And then I have a uh an a hour and a half a sexual therapy experience with my spouse. And then by nine o'clock, I already have 90% of the stuff done with my day because of all this stuff I do in the morning. 
And now I can go and do million dollar deals. And by lunchtime, I can do the rest of whatever I want with my kids and wife and family. And that's what you need to do to be successful. You need to be like that. And it's just a lot of buzzwords and a lot of crap and malarkey thrown in there. One guy who I, he has a lot of good things to say, but he was talking about how his kid plays like 65 sports. He's 12 years old. And after school, he goes right to soccer for an hour and then right to baseball for an hour, then right to football for an hour, then right to basketball for an hour. And then the kid, you know, he asked him, do I have a busy life? My friends say I have a busy life. And he's like, no, son, you're just more productive than your, you know, than everybody else. And it's like, first of all, you can't do that. Okay. You can't do that because you're not in, all those sports are not in season at the same time. So unless you're going to elaborate on what you mean by practice, maybe the kid is doing training at home. Like maybe he'll go kick the soccer ball around for an hour and then he'll go hit the tee for baseball for an hour and then he'll go shoot hoops for an hour. But he's not going from practice to practice of in-season sports to do this stuff, first of all. Second of all, that's a ridiculous life for a 12-year-old to live. I don't want my 12-year-old going to school for eight full hours a day and then right after that, going to play five sports in five hours. That's just too much for a kid to actually take in as much as they can and learn about the sports and the school and the and, and the education, especially if it's public school education, which is a sham these days. Don't tell my sister she's a teacher. I love her to death. She's a great teacher, but holy hell does it suck. And then go to sports. You're not going to get the most out of the sport if you're only taking it in for a quick hour. And then you're racing over to another sport for a quick hour. Not to mention the logistics of it all. You got to drive, then do the sport for an hour, then go drive somewhere else to find the other practice to go to. By that time, you're we're talking 11, 12 o'clock at night as the kid is getting done with his day. That's not He's not doing that. Okay, let's just be realistic. You don't have to create these unattainable life situations to make it sound like that's how I became successful in a millionaire. That's not how. Okay, your 12-hour day of hullabaloo, for lack of a better term. Did I say that already? It is. That's what it is. It's hullabaloo. Is not what got you to success. And here's the secret to success, folks, that they don't want to admit to. Some people don't want to admit to. You have to find, by the way, this is a quick caveat. You have to find the people who are willing to be open and honest and transparent at what it takes to be successful. The secret is to work hard, work smart, and grind the shit out. And find a way to get through the mundane tasks, the bullshit of the day, the hurdles that that uh, that hit you without you knowing, without you know, without you understanding or knowing about ahead of time, the different obstacles you have to avoid is being able to have a goal in mind, okay, a purpose, a vision, planning to achieve that vision in a certain time, you know creating a plan and a framework to achieve that goal and vision and then 
creating the discipline and the calloused mind and the mental toughness and the emotional toughness and strength to power through all the bullshit that's going to get dumped on you day in and day out. Because here's the reality of pushing towards success. The days are boring. There is nothing exciting about the day-to-day of working through to achieve your goals and success. But they don't want to show you that. They want you to, to listen to them and sign up for their motivational speaking engagements and their tutorials and their clubs and coaching groups or whatever. So they show you, I have secrets. I have secrets that are going to get you to live the life that I live. And it's not a normal life. It's not, it's different from everybody else. We're different and we're unique. You're different because you powered through. You're unique because you you realize that the light at the end of the tunnel, you don't know when you're going to actually see the light. It's an unknown. It's like you're digging into a gold mine or a diamond mine, and you don't know when you're going to hit the diamonds, but you kept digging. What makes you unique is that you kept pushing forward through the darkness until you saw the light of success. There's no trickery involved. There's no secret sauce. There's no morning sex therapy that's going to blast you off into success, orgasmic euphoric success. There's no secret pill. There's no secret drug. There's no secret book. The secret is that you got to deal with the the hardships and the negativity and the unknowns of the of the day in and day out mundane crap that people get into and once they see how boring and unfulfilling it seems in the beginning they all wash out instead of powering through that's the key folks and that's i guess what what angers me most i guess what frustrates me is that these people who are very successful and i want to learn from them and they're very smart and they have different things that they did to get there as far as like i chose to invest in real estate and here's how i did it or i chose to invest in the stock market or i chose to to build a business or i chose to buy businesses or i chose to... they have different avenues to success that i want to learn about that people want to learn about that's what people want to learn about and i've said learn about 15 times already in this one sentence because it's that's what we want we want to learn from these people that's the stuff we want to learn, though, and educate ourselves on. And I understand, again, I understand they're putting out these sensationalized videos of these ridiculous, crazy things to get eyeballs on them, to funnel people in so that they eventually will sign up and they will get the good content and information and the guidance and mentorship. But I feel like you're teetering on you're really dancing on that line of salesman, you know, salesman tradecraft and sleaziness. There is there is that line between good sales tactics, effective sales tactics that maintain a more ethical compass, and then the sleaziness of let me borderline lie, excuse me, <clears throat> just to get eyeballs on, and then I'll show them 
hey, you don't have to work an 18-hour you know day filled with weird naked yoga outside on a bed of coals and all this other tantric sex therapy and all this other weird stuff or whatever. I mean, you could do that. I'm sure that's fine. That helps with the big three on the, uh, on the exercise portion. But, um, I, I just get frustrated because it's so unrelatable. There was one guy and he has a lot of good information out there. Um, he's a real estate investor and he has all these good um, videos out about and books, I think. And you can get, you can sign up for his mentorship. I have not done that yet. It's a little too out of my price range, but on how to invest in real estate without having a lot of money up front and what to look for and what trends to actually look for um, and where to go, locations to go, and how to invest, all that, do all that stuff, and then when to sell and then. All this good information if you're interested in that sort of way of of income. Now, it's a full-time job. It's not something you can do for an hour and be done. But that is one of the problems I have with this guy is that some of the information he's putting out there, some of the content is stuff like, do you want to have a passive income of 20, 30, 40,000 a month and only have to work two hours a day doing it? And it's like, he's only working two hours a day on the real estate side of his stuff, he does speeches and coaching and other things now, but he's only doing two hours a day because he worked for years at 10, 12, 13, 14 hours a day figuring this stuff out. But hes I think he's being a little disingenuous with saying stuff like that. Or he'll put out videos of like, I've never drank Starbucks once in my life. None of it is real and it's all fake and it's too expensive. And that's why I make my own homegrown coffee beans. And, and it's like, no, you don't. I'm sure in your life you've had at least one Starbucks. How do you know it's not good and you don't like it if you never tried it? The little things like that are just so unrelatable. And I don't I guess they're still getting people in with the with their for their business by doing this. And that's the real problem I have is that it's actually working. Um, but all this to say is I have been struggling to find relatable content or lighthearted joke content or just stuff that's not fake for for sensationalization's sake, fake for chaos and division creating, fake for sign up for my business, whatever, or for views and likes and, and popularity. I, I'm trying to find the relatable content. Um, and that's really the lesson here is the one good thing about social media is that despite what people say, I know there's a lot of conspiracies out there that the the algorithm is is purposely pushing these political narratives and stuff like that. But if you really actually go through it all, not the algorithm, I don't know anything about the algorithm as far as like the ones and zeros of it all. But if you actually take the step back and think about what you're clicking on, what you're liking, what you're viewing in its entirety, um, what you're actually interacting with, the algorithm matches up with that stuff. Now, is there a potential that it takes other stuff from not just the app you're using, but other stuff on your phone and computer? Yeah, that's a conspiracy. I can probably, you know, I can, I would investigate more to try to, you know, to see if it's true or not. I can see that being a possibility. Where if you have Facebook on your phone and you go to Amazon and you, you know, you buy 
protein powder or vacuum filters or whatever. Now you're going to get content about protein on your Facebook feed or what I could see that happening. Absolutely. Uh, but the algorithm is, is based is built around getting your eyes on the stuff you like so that you view more of the stuff that you seem to be interested in so that you stay on the app longer. Um, and I, and, and I think that's why some of the motivational, successful type people that I get a lot of lessons from, I think that's why I'm seeing a lot more of their ridiculous videos that I don't like because the algorithm sees that I keep liking on these people's videos. And now all of a sudden I'm going to post more of this stuff for them, for him and whatever. So I'm trying to get out of that now. I'm trying to only view the good stuff they have and interact with the good stuff they have and avoid it and try to find other stuff. I found this one page a while ago, but it, it still pops up. And I purposely go to the page to like the videos and the stories so that it's the algorithm sees my interaction it's this guy Seth Drums. I think it's I think his Instagram page is I'm Seth Drums or something like that. He's got a YouTube and a Twitch channel too. He's this guy who he goes live on Twitch and he gets songs sent to him. A lot of it's uh, AI created, but it'll be like Britney Spears's "Hit Me Baby One More Time" song, but it's sung it's sung by Plankton from SpongeBob SquarePants. Or it's sung by Eric Cartman. And what he does is he plays the drum portion of those songs. And he has to do it. It's the first time he hears the song with Plankton singing. So he's trying not to laugh, but he's also trying to maintain focus on the drums, you know, the beat of that song. And first, it's very funny to listen to Eric Cartman sing like an Evanescence song. Um, or plankton sing anything or spun or all those characters that's that play you know sing these songs in AI but it's so wildly impressive to see he doesn't have music in front of him he doesn't know the song ahead of time he's getting it fed to him by I don't know if it's a producer or something but he reads it out loud like Lady Gaga's bad romance but it's sung by Frank Sinatra or whatever and then he just he, start, he starts listening to it and he's got to wait for the drum portion and he's going to try to match it up. And he knows it. He knows the drum portions. And I don't know if it's if drums is is that easy to play. And once you figure out a little bit, you you know, you kind of you pretty much have it dialed in. I know Family Show Terrence used to play drums. So, T, if you have any information on that and you want to drop it in the comments or hit the hotline one day to discuss, you know, the difficulty of drums and being able to play without music in front of you. Um, I just find the wildly impressive. It's incredibly entertaining. Um, and it's a positive thing that I, I can get behind as far as if I'm going to sit on Instagram all day long, I'm going to watch Seth drums videos as opposed to some of the other bullshit around there. Um, I also saw this one. I follow this page. Her name is real Sydney Smith, Sydney with a Y S Y D N E Y. She puts out satire videos, um, and comedy type of, post on Instagram but today she posted or at the time of this recording she posted a video I think it was just a story update she was making sweet potatoes in the oven the stove and she dropped the pan and all the potatoes fell into the oven and she now she just lost three potatoes worth and her reaction was just like it seemed real and genuine in the moment um, and that I could get behind 
because she's a successful person. She's wealthy. She's built a, a business out of her content. And I think she does stand-up comedy now too as well. So she's reached success in that regard. But she's posting stuff that a lot of successful people don't like to post. And that's relatable content. It's the struggle. And that's when that, I love that video that she posted because it's like, damn, even these rich, successful people have the same problems I have. I don't see, you know, Jeff Bezos or Elon Musk or Bill Gates posting any real content, like how they actually struggled through stuff. Somebody will post, it's almost like Bezos hires people to post stuff about the early days at Amazon every once in a while to, to show that he, you know, he used to be a regular human. But I don't see, I, that's what I want to see. I want to see the successful people not just talking about how they how they're successful now and what they do now and what they have now as successful people and all the airplanes and the vacations and stuff like that i want to see the relatable stuff i want to see you going through the shit the one guy i follow keaton keaton hoskins the muscle on instagram i talk about him a lot i mean i you know i follow his mentorship group as well and he's been helping me out with my business i follow him not just because he posts videos of him flying his helicopter and him driving his trucks through his his mansion. I follow him because he posted videos of him going from living in a trailer to being able to buy and build a mansion. He showed the struggle and what what he was back in going through the shit to get there. And it became more relatable and it becomes more attainable the goals you want to achieve. If you want to achieve this level of success like me and live my life, here's the, the shit and the mud and the dirt and the grime I shoveled through to get there. And that shit was relatable. Jersey Jerry is another relatable guy on the internet. He works for Barstool Sports. He's just a blue-collar guy who put out relatable entertaining content and now he's you know he's working for Barstool Sports and he's doing very well there but he still continues to post relatable stuff one of his best videos that went like worldwide viral was a video of him taking the subway home from work at from from Barstool in New York to his house in New Jersey and he shit his pants in the in the subway he couldn't hold it in anymore and he shit his pants and then he showed his poop pants with the stain of the diarrhea on there. And and this is a, or he was already successful. He's got a good contract. He makes a lot of money on merch and content and, and this and that. And he's still just a blue collar guy. At the time he was still living in his mom's house with his girl and his and his kid and living in their basement, saving up money so he can buy his own place. He just got off a union. He used to be a union worker. He's just a blue-collar guy showing a relatable, like, hey, I'm a successful guy, but I'm also a real guy. And this is what real guys and gals have to go through sometimes. That's what I want to see. How come I don't see any videos of Bill Gates, of his dog, Randy, licking his ass 
in his hindquarters for 25 minutes straight, soaking his fur in saliva, and then going out and taking a dumpy and getting all the dumpy frag stuck in the wet fur for him to have to clean out now. Because that's what I had to do before. On top of working towards achieving my goals, continuing to take the steps forward. And I guess that's maybe what I need to do better. I need to start posting the relatable content. I'm currently in the journey of trying to reach the success I want and then I see from all these other folks. And the only the one good thing I will say about these people that I, I try to follow anyway is they are truly successful. They are not renting cars just to take pictures in front of or renting private jets just to take pictures in front of, but they're really not successful. They're fraudsters. Most of the people I follow are not the fraudsters. If they are, I usually end up unfollowing them. I learn from my mistakes. I try to anyway. Uh, but there's a lot of those out there too. The fake successful people that just, again, trying to get you to sign up for their snake oil sale or to invest in Forex trading with them and all this other malarkey. And it's not, it's, it's fraudulent, it's lies, and it's not relatable. And that's what I have to be better at. That's what I'm going to be better at is posting more relatable content so everybody can see people going through it. And then when you see the success, because here's the thing. I've talked about this already previously. And if you want to go back to the power of the mind episode, uh, I know I'm going to be successful. That's not a brag. That's not a cocky. I'm not trying to be cocky or braggadocious or, or anything like that. I just know that I am just going to keep working and I'm going to keep trudging and I'm going to keep wiping dirty, shit-filled dog asses and still finding a way to get through until I achieve my goals. I just know I'm going to do it. It's not about if I can do it or how I'm going to do it. Or what I, I'm, I'm gonna, I know I'm going to do it. I'll figure out how. I'll, I'll, I'll adjust as necessary as I navigate through when hurdles and obstacles pop up. I might have to change my route and pivot and build contingencies, but I'm, I know I'm going to get through. My mind... I've never felt so confident about anything else in my life than how I feel right now about my situation and where I'm going to be. But because I'm in the shit now, I will be better at posting about that. So hopefully people can actually see that and be like, oh, this is real shit we got going on here. This is real stuff. So hold me to that. Hold me to that stuff. But the bottom line is we have the ability and the power in the internet age to, to better control the content we're taking in, okay? And I talk about the negativity and the chaos and the garbage and the shit out there and how it's flooding our, our brains and our eyeballs on a constant basis. And it's and the easy thing to do is just to be sit there and take it in and not do anything about it. But we do. We do have the ability. We can unfollow certain pages. We can purposefully interact with other more positive pages or lighthearted joke pages. Um, find those. Find the good mean pages that don't try to sneak in political narratives and propaganda with it as well. Because you get a lot of bot 
social media accounts that lure you in with funny jokes. And then all of a sudden they try to seed in political narratives and chaos and division in that way. So you got to be careful about that. And it's difficult. It's hard, but I feel like it's important to take control of your intake in that regard. And we talk about that in the big three and we'll talk about it again later on too, but it's important because it will affect your lives. It will affect your emotional and mental states and capacities one way or the other. And if we have even one tit hairs worth of control in that, we got to take it. If that means only going to pages and internet stuff and news and TV stations that have the positive stuff to change the algorithm in our favor, then that's what we got to do. Because the less time we're in the negative, the more time we have for the funny and the lighthearted and the positive and the productive, the better off we're going to be in the long run. And that's really the lesson here is to do that, to get off our emotional, mental asses and do that. And that's all I got to say about that. I don't want to keep bitching about social media uh, anymore. I want to maintain that positive attitude towards it. And I want you guys to hold me accountable to posting more relatable content and tell me what you want to see, not just on the LPDS, but on, on my personal page too. It's Sarge029 and the Spearhead Leadership page. Let me know if you have any ideas of what you want to see. Um, and I'll show you the, I'll show you the boring stuff. I'll show you clips of me sitting here looking at a computer screen, reading articles on how to get better in life or doing my, doing my job and how to get better at my job, whatever it is. And then maybe I'll talk about it. Maybe I'll do a little voiceover talking about this is the shit. Okay. This is where the success is coming. You know, this is how you get to success. This is the road right here. It is not a DeLorean. It is not a spaceship that goes light speed to success. This is a, a road you're walking on to get there. And yeah, there are some people who have skyrocketed overnight success stories. That's great. And I'm glad it worked out for them. And I would love for that to be me. But I also know that's not a normal thing. That's an outlier. And I'm okay with that. I'm okay with trudging. I'm okay with going through the shit because it's, I'm going to come out clean on the other side eventually. And if it happens overnight, great. If it doesn't, doesn't matter because I'm going to reach it anyway. So hold me to that. Give me some ideas and uh, we'll have a good time with it. Um, before we go though, we got a hotline call, but I also want to give a quick update on, uh, LPDS fan, super fan, the skews. He's, if you, if you haven't been following, um, he listened to the power of the mind episode from several weeks ago, several months ago, really. I think it was back in July timeframe and he, and he put it out on, on the, on the show that he was, you know, going to take more control over his life and his health and and use that powerful mind of his to get there, to power through, to maintain discipline and get there. And he just gave me another update this past week. He had another doctor's appointment and he's down another 10 pounds. So I think we're pushing 20 plus pounds lost in the last couple months. And he's doing the damn thing. And I'm proud of him. 
I'm happy that he's providing me updates and he's holding himself accountable. I'm excited to see him continue going through and he's showing the real. This is the big thing here. He's showing the relatable, the real shit here. Because he started this in July and he might be 20 to 23 pounds down, maybe. I don't know. It might be a little slower than that. I'm not exactly sure. I have to I have to do the math on that one. But that's what August, September, October, 3 months. Now, I know people see on the internets the fitness influencers and the snake oil salesmen, the fake, the bad ones, the, the bad fitness folks are telling you, oh, yeah, snatch your waist in and, and do this fat burner workout. And, and, and in 20 days, you'll lose 30 pounds and all this other bullshit. The real, the real life version of that is you're going to work your ass off and you're going to see minimal results in the beginning. It's going to be slow results. But if you work your ass off every day and you stay disciplined and you and you fight through those days where you're not motivated or the days you're tempted to just sit around and give up on your goal, you fight through those days through discipline and mental toughness and the results add up. The baby step results add up. Okay, because every day he might have gone on that scale and seen maybe a maybe a half ounce loss, maybe three days in a row he didn't lose any weight or didn't see any uh, shrinkage of his waistline. But if you go back three months, twenty three plus pounds, and I guarantee he's lost some inches on the waist. That's a big deal. That's success. That's what it is. And he's going through it right now, and I'm super proud of him. And excuse. If you're listening to this, keep going. You're doing awesome. Keep fucking going. Because you're you're inspiring others. You're you continue to inspire yourself, I hope. You're inspiring me. You're motivating me. Um, and this is what we this is what people need. I I wish you would post it publicly, like on your own page and stuff like that if you if you haven't, but you're doing the thing. And I couldn't be more uh more proud that uh, that you're doing it, and I'm I'm humbled and happy to ha even have a small part in the motivation uh, for you to get that going. So thank you for that update. Um, all right, hotline call real quick. We'll get to that. Stand by, and I'll get the hotline up here, and we'll see what this guy has to say. All right, that's. That was a hotline call. Um, I don't know who that was from. It came from an 843 number. I think that's South Carolina. I don't know who it was, but thanks for the call. It sounds like they heard an episode where I said, call the hotline, leave a message, and we'll put it on the air. And he just took that as literal as possible. He's calling the hotline. It says, leave a message. So I'm leaving a message. So thanks for that. If, you know, if you're listening to this now, 843 number. I'm not going to give the rest of it, obviously. Call back. Tell us who you are. Maybe you have a question. Maybe you're looking for some advice. Maybe you have some advice for me on how to produce a better show and you know, get more popularity or whatever, or get, get more entertaining. Call it in. 202-670-1114 is the number for the hotline. 
It's obviously not live calls. Leave the message. And you don't have to necessarily leave the literal message of like, this is me leaving a message. Say say whatever you want, I guess. You don't have to, but you can. 202-670-1114. All right. Before we go, oh, big three. Three pillars to staying strong and being a better, happier, kinder, more genuine, healthier human being. Number one, exercise every day, physically, mentally, or emotionally. Pick one thing that's going to exercise you and get you healthier physically, mentally, or emotionally. So whether that's going to do a full workout at the gym or just going for a walk after a meal or a jog or some cardio or some workout at the house, whether it's reading a book, breaking a mental sweat, learning a new hobby, doing a crossword for the mental health and wellness, or whether it's praying, going to church, meditating, doing breath work, yoga for the emotional side of the house. Yoga also does physical and mental too as well. It's very, you know, all encompassing yoga, good stuff. But you want to do at least one thing every day to improve your health and wellness physically, mentally, or emotionally. Number two, don't be a shitty person. Be a kind person and get yourself out of the, in the world of negativity. And we talked about that in the junction and how we can do that. But it also starts with you not responding and reacting to those negative shit situations, especially on the internet, on the social media, where it's so easy to see a post and disagree with it vehemently or think it's bad and negative. And then you get all emotional and you respond emotionally to that person thinking like, I got that jab in or adding to the drama or adding to the shit negativity. By you detaching from your emotions and simply omitting yourself from the situation and not responding, you're already minimizing the negativity and garbage going on in the world in that situation. And then it gives you the mental space and the emotional space to go focus on more productive, positive things in your life. And the less time you're in the negative and in the shit, and the more time you're in the positive and the productive, you're going to see better results in your life. Number three, the most important one, be genuinely thankful and grateful for all the good you have in your lives. Think about that. Actively think about the good things you have. And it can start with thinking about one good thing a day when you wake up in the morning. Think of one good thing in your life and then think about what your life would be like without that thing and how shitty it would be. And then that immediately puts you in a state of gratitude and being thankful for that as opposed to taking it for granted and assuming it's going to be there tomorrow. Because you don't know if it's going to be there tomorrow. You don't know if you're going to be there tomorrow. We make an assessment based on the numbies and the probabilities and the safe life we've created for ourselves, but we don't know for sure. It could all end. It could all end after I post this. We don't know. So take the time to be grateful for the good things and people in your lives and don't take them for granted. And if you do all these three things a little bit every day, I promise you, you're going to be a better, happier, kinder, healthier, more genuine human being. And you can spread that goodness and health and wealth and positivity throughout the throughout the land. Thank you guys for tuning in this week. Hope you enjoyed it. Don't forget to like and subscribe if you enjoyed it and tell your friends and tell your enemies if you didn't like it so then they have to listen to it. 
and we'll spread the good word of the LPDS throughout the land. That's what we're here for, folks. So thank you guys again. I love you all. Stay strong.